some way or another, every Peace Corps volunteer is a celebrity. Sometimes that can take the form of notoriety, might be for reasons that you wouldn't have chosen to be recognized and known by everyone within a 10-mile radius, but that's the way it is when you're an alien who's coming from far away and parachuting into this random town. On today's episode of Peace Corps Stories, the unofficial podcast, we are doing something a little bit different. Because at our last Story Slam, the in-person event we held in 2019, two friends, Victoria Walker and Allison Miller, showed up to the event. They both threw their names in the hat, and by complete happenstance, their names were drawn one after the other. They were both volunteers in Ukraine. They were even roommates in their first days in Ukraine. And they both told very entertaining stories. Uh, For now, though... Let's hear from our storytellers. Take it away, Victoria. Hey, everybody. I'm Victoria. I served in Ukraine from 2015 to 2017. Thank you. (laughs) And Allison is in my group, so I put my name in very last minute, as Allison told me to do. So I'm a little nervous, but it makes me feel better that I know she now has to do it after I do it. So it's all good. It goes around, comes around. So here we are. I served in Ukraine. And if you know about Ukraine, Eastern Europe, neighbors with Russia. And around that time, my group, 48, was the first group back since they evacuated the Peace Corps from the country because of the conflict going on with Russia. So there were some safety concerns, as you can imagine, when we went back. So because of that, we had done the training, our cluster, we went through it all, which lots of stories there. But moving forward to when we were going to site, and we have homestay families. Give it up for the homestay families. And in Ukraine, at that time, when you were going to your homestay family, even though it was your permanent site, you still had to stay with them for six months because of the safety what was going on in the country. So they wanted all volunteers with a homestay family for at least six months at permanent site, and then we could reassess after. Well, I stayed with my homestay family for two years. (laughs) I loved them, loved them. Um, I missed them a lot, but I didn't realize how much of a disappointment I was going to be to them. (laughs) Well, I'll I'll explain. And to to my village. until halfway through, and you'll get why in a minute. They really do love me, they do. We have a very good relationship. They, I was the first volunteer that they had. Um, I think the first American, probably 98% of the village had ever met. So pressure was on, but I loved everyone there. I loved my homestay family, it was a big family. Both parents, however, they were in and out to Spain because they didn't work in the country because of no jobs. Um, And three homestay siblings, one was a teenager, one was 10, one was three, and then my homestay grandmother, who was 80 at the time, which in Ukraine is extremely old, extremely old. And I love her. And she was fantastic. She really looked out for me, especially against our dog that was off the chain and would come by and eat my shoes because he hated me. (laughs) So she really always looked out for me. And I appreciated that. But 
so halfway through my service, I think a year in probably, I was sitting with my homestay family, having tea, as one does in Ukraine at night, and they told me, we were talking about Babusia and my grandmother, and they were saying, well, you know, she caused a lot of problems when you were coming here. And I said, I don't, I don't know. And this is all in Ukrainian too, so piecing it together. And I was like, I don't, I don't understand what problems. And so what happened was my village was very scared to have an American coming, a volunteer coming, and so no one would step up and be my homestay family. So they had a meeting at the school because I was a youth development volunteer. So everybody got together at the school and families were talking about who's gonna take the girl. Because if no one takes the girl, then she's not coming. And so it went around and around. And so my homestead grandmother had known that she knew that this meeting had gone on. And so to her, that meant that this was special, obviously. And so when my homestead sister had come home from the meeting and was saying, we're, we're going to take her. And somehow in this conversation, my homestead grandmother had taken that I was someone very different coming to visit. And so they're telling me this story. And they said, so she, she gets up the next day, and she goes out and she walked every morning in our village, which was pretty mountainous, and so she's hiking around, going to do her daily stuff at all of our family members' homes. And so she gets to my great aunt's first. This was before I was there. And she says, guess what? You'll never guess what's gonna happen in a month. And she's like, please tell me what's going on. And my homestay grandmother had said, according to my family, Michelle Obama is coming <laughs> to stay with our family. <laughs> yeah, no pressure. So Michelle Obama is coming. And my great aunt had said, no, she's not. And I guess they went back and forth. This is the story I've been told. They went back and forth, back and forth. She wouldn't let it go. Yes, Mrs. Obama is coming. She's staying with us, period. She moves on to the next family member's house. And I'm assuming villages in all different countries, you know, gossip gets around, right? At least in mine. Very small village, and word got around. Michelle Obama was coming to Pithorotsky. So, so then it gets back to my homestay mother, who <laughs> hears that her mother-in-law has been telling the village that Michelle Obama is coming to stay and she's living at their home for two years. <laughs> and so she says she now has to go back around and cycle through the village and tell everyone Michelle Obama is not coming to live with us. It's an American girl, a young woman. <laughs> she's 21 at the time. And uh, um, sorry. <laughs> so in short, I arrived to my village. Everyone was super, super welcoming, super kind, especially Babusia. She took me in with open arms. Um, if I had known at the time who she thought I was, I, maybe I would have dressed a little better when I showed up. <laughs> But it was, it was quite the experience, and word had actually gotten back to Peace Corps, um, our Peace Corps Ukraine headquarters in Kyiv. And uh, so when I went there for my visit, my regional manager, I had a meeting with her, and I walk in and she says, well, hello, Mrs. Obama. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs>
Yo. Victoria showed up, everyone's like, who this? Where's Michelle? Oh my God. You gotta love that. I lived off of gossip. Like when there was gossip in the town and there was no internet, I'd be like, oh, what's happening? Like, oh my God, such a cool story. Michelle Obama, what? All right, Allison, where are you? Come on, Allison. Yeah, so I have to follow Michelle Obama. It's kind of funny, so Victoria and I were actually roommates in Ukraine when we first landed at a rival retreat. So we've been stuck together for over two years now. Um, and it's funny because like, a bunch of us call, always called her Michelle Obama. With I didn't even know that story until just now. But she just had this like Ukrainian handbag that she would walk around with. And I was like, this classy lady. Who is the classiest Michelle Obama? Anyway. Um, so yes, I served in Ukraine in 2015 to 2017. And unlike Victoria, I served in a very flat plain landscape. Ukraine is very diverse geographically and like in terms of language and culture and customs. It's like two to three different countries kind of packed together in one. Um, so I lived in a very small vil uh, agricultural village in central Ukraine called Novokrainka. And our specialty was sunflower oil and sunflower seeds. So for like a couple of months it was awesome because it was like fields of sunflowers, and then the rest of the time it was just like dirt. <laughs> um, but uh, I have a lot of very random stories from my time in Peace Corps. Um, one particular favorite, if you can call it that, was um, one of a few times that I got food poisoning in Ukraine. Um, over the summer, I, I worked at a, a lot of youth development volunteers in Ukraine worked in schools. Um, I was working in a youth center, kind of like a Soviet YMCA, is how I, how I explain it. Um, and we had a summer camp um, for approximately the entire summer. Um, and I wasn't there for all of it, but um, I, because apparently I was the most energetic of all staff, uh, was charged with leading morning activities. Um, which involved singing the national anthem and generally a sampling of the hokey pokey, maybe a little like you put, oh, that's the hokey pokey. Um, a few other, like I did, I, I put some Cotton Eye Joe in there um, just to mix it up. And um, one morning, very hot, muggy morning in Ukraine, I show up and I'm like sweating a little bit more than normal. But I'm like, you know, these things happen. Um, and I'm getting ready to lead the morning exercises. And this morning, I decide, let's do the electric slide. Um, so if you're not familiar, there's a lot of this that happens. Um, and at the time, I didn't realize I wasn't feeling too hot until I started doing this part. Um, whereupon I immediately ran from the youth center and I'm, I'm like running down the street looking for a public trash can or something which doesn't actually exist in Ukraine. <laughs> and uh, so eventually I come to the very small yet beloved churchyard 
and proceed to completely poltergeist style projectile vomit over the entire churchyard. And um, one of the lovely uh, babusias who are on the church volunteer crew who are like sweeping leaves and the American comes running down the street, projectile vomiting everywhere. Um, and then I proceed to just run home and I'm crying. There's a lot of fluids happening. Um, and like Victoria explained in her story, there's something that is kind of a double-edged sword in Ukraine. It's called, I call it the uh, Babusia Network. And it is the very, very tightly wound network of babusias who gossip constantly. And it can be very helpful. One of the things they told us during PST was when you are getting to site, and especially for me, I was very far from any other volunteers in a kind of remote place, um, find the closest Baba and make her your best friend. Um, this particular church sweeping Baba never wanted to be my friend, um, but I, I did okay, so thank you. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Victoria, and thank you, Allison, for those very lovely, entertaining stories about life in the Ukraine, which sounds like a pretty cool place. Sounds like a place run by grandmas, which makes it all right in my book. If you like stories like this, if you like telling stories like this, the New York City Peace Corps Association is putting together a few virtual story slams. Our first event in September uh, will be about uh, stories about race and identity. In October, we'll be doing a, a themed evening on encounters with the political process, like Election Day and Voting Day and um, independence celebrations, coups. Uh, and then in December, we'll be bringing people together to talk about evacuation stories. And, you know, there were plenty before this year, but uh, with the Peace Corps having to suspend all operations because of COVID, we know there are a lot of you out there who left unfinished business behind, and we want to hear your stories. So make sure you're signed up to our newsletter. Make sure you check out our Facebook page. And you can always find us on the web at PeaceCorpsNYC.org. We hope to see you there. See you next time.